A student at San Diego State University died last week following an event sponsored by a fraternity. 19-year-old Dylan Hernandez was found unresponsive and without a pulse Thursday morning. The medical examiner said he died following blunt force trauma caused by falling out of his bunk bed. Hernandez's death comes at a time of increased scrutiny for SDSU and its Greek life, which many say is putting some students in danger. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. San Diego State University has been reeling with the death of a student who apparently was at a fraternity event prior to his death. And we have two reporters who are working on this story, Gary Robbins and Andrea Lopez Villafania. Gary, you've been writing this story for some time and following up what's been going on. Can you give us the kind of TikTok of what happened prior to Dylan Hernandez's death? I'll give you what I know, but um, I need to make it clear that there's a lot that we just simply don't know. Mm-hmm. Last week at San Diego State, it is our understanding that one of the fraternities, Phi Gamma Delta, was um, having a pledge event. And so we were told that what happened last week at San Diego State involved Big Bro Night. That's a night in which a fraternity uh, introduces a pledge more formally to whoever their big bro is. In mm-hmm. other words, the person that would be over, uh, looking over them. It is common in America for there to be a lot of drinking on Big Bro Night, but I want to emphasize we don't know if there was drinking. Uh, we just don't have the evidence of that yet. Time will mm-hmm. tell. Um, and then at some point, um, they left. Now, in the course of reporting, people will tell us things like, well, we think they went to an off-campus party, a so-called house party off the university campus. We haven't confirmed that yet. That's one of the things that we're looking at. If that was the case, there would uh, probably be less supervision of whatever happened. But at some point, Dylan Hernandez went back to his dormitory. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know exactly what time. It seems like it was in the early hours of uh, Thursday of last week. Um, and at some point, he died. Um, the um, medical examiner for um, San Diego says that he died of blunt force trauma on Friday. That's and because was, he fell, right? That's what appears to have happened. It, he appears to have fallen out of bed. It looks like it was a bunk bed in Tenosha Hall. Um, but we don't know whether there was something that contributed to the fall. For example, we don't know whether he had alcohol or any other substance in his body. That mm-hmm. will come out over time. There will be a toxicology report. It's probably six weeks out, maybe perhaps a little bit more. Maybe it even comes sooner uh, because the university police department is investigating this. I spoke to a spokesman for the department yesterday. They said they would reach out to whatever agency locally they need for help. It's mm-hmm. a small police department, probably fewer than 30 people. So today, there's a lot of missing detail, mm-hmm. but it is going to come out. Certainly. And Andrea, you're a recent SDSU graduate. Can you give us a little bit of background of kind of the culture and Greek life in SDSU that kind of flavors this event? I mean, Greek life at San Diego State is big, and that's obvious anytime you walk onto campus. You're just walking around, you'll bump into dozens of people with um, some sort of sorority, fraternity shirt, some kind of logo, a tote bag, maybe um, stickers on their laptops. You know, it, it's a, it's, they're big on campus. Um, everyone who comes in, you know, is asking, oh, have you rushed? Have you rushed? You know, what, what sorority, what fraternity are you going into? It, it's a big part of the cultural life of students at San Diego State University. And um, it's common to hear these kinds of stories on campus where you have parties and events and 
that lead to excessive drinking. Mm -hmm. And universities do what they can to try to make sure the students are safe and there isn't excessive drinking that could lead to bodily harm or death. But what has SDSU done to try to tackle this problem as it has been ongoing? That's unclear, actually. They have a lot of material online kind of um, uh, saying what their structure is. And, you know, if they get a certain complaint, it gets uh, reviewed. And if it gets worse and worse and worse, they kick it up and then someone makes a decision. But I think what the various investigations are going to do is to explain how well the university was following its own policies. Mm -hmm. Every aspect of those policies will be examined uh, to see if it was working and to see if the university was liable in any way. So, yes, universities are concerned. But how deeply involved do they actually get? I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people are confused by the fact that this had been a series of ongoing problems with fraternities at the university where fraternities have been either placed on suspension or under investigation. There had been an entire social ban between spring 18 and fall 18. And then, um, what, 10 of the um, fraternities in IFC were under suspension or under investigation uh, leading up to what happened with Dylan Hernandez. Somebody, you know, the question needs to be asked, if there's all these problems going on over time, why didn't the university step in sooner and say, wait, wait, maybe we need a task force now than waiting until after someone died to announce mm-hmm. it? And Andrea, during those kind of enforcement actions that were taking in the past, did that actually quell any of the partying or excessive drinking or did it just kind of stay the same? It kind of stayed the same. I mean, it wasn't uncommon to, um, I mean, it's common for these fraternities or maybe even sororities, mostly fraternities, to have satellite homes. Mm -hmm. So it's not their actual fraternity house, but rather maybe a mini dorm where a lot of the fraternity members are living in. And it's common for them to have these parties that aren't officially at the fraternity house, but you still have fraternity members. So, I mean, there are even some fraternities who were, had been kicked off campus, but were still having big parties and a lot of of excessive drinking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This seems like a tough one for the university because Andrea is absolutely right. The the Greeks are everywhere. Um, They're very visible. They help the university in a variety of ways. You see them at football games and sporting events, and they bring people out. They show a lot of camaraderie and school spirit, and that's something that the university promotes like others. Um, But the reality is that across the United States, um, drinking in fraternities is a real problem. Uh, there have been a lot of deaths across the United States. In 2017, four uh, people died at, um, at fraternities. All four were um, pledges like this uh, young man was. Mm-hmm. So what happened at San Diego State is emblematic of what is occurring in the United States. And it seems like universities nationally have not yet been able to handle this problem let alone a school like San Diego State. Mm-hmm. It does seem like it's a perfect storm. San Diego State has this legacy of having such yeah. an important social part of going to college, and people want to get in and involved in that, and that can lead to bad decision-making, particularly people who are 18, 19 years old. Yes, right. and another thing that may be factoring into it is, in recent years, San Diego State has been adding a lot more on-campus housing. They're trying mm-hmm. to create a sense of community. So. You know, it's still a commuter school by and large, but you have the dormitories, which now uh, house over 7,000 people, and you have people living very near campus, blocks away. So there are more students in a smaller area, and it's highly social. The weather's good. It's, you know, the kind of place where people associate. Mm-hmm. And uh, Andrea, when you were uh, reporting this story over the weekend, what was the response from the students on campus about hearing about this death? Well, I went out on Saturday, 
And I believe Gary reported on Friday. So on Saturday, um, you know, around noon, I, I stood out by the the residential hall where Dylan was found. And students, there's a mix. Some students kind of knew that maybe something had happened because they had heard an ambulance, but their residential advisor didn't say anything. Others knew because their residential advisor had told them that an incident had occurred, but they didn't have many details. So a lot of questions were flowing around on Saturday from students. Um, I spoke to them, maybe just try to get a sense of what they think of Greek life. The majority of the ones I spoke to, um, you know, wouldn't go on the record, but they were like, I'm glad these fraternities are finally going to face some kind of punishment. Um, you know, this happens all the time. Well, the university administration contributed to the confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talked to the university on Friday evening, we point blank said, is the student dead? Um, we were hearing that rumor. It was on, on social media. And, they, and the uh, campus says, no, he is not dead. Then a medical examiner came out and said, no, he died on Friday night. So I went back to the university and said, why the disparity? Did you lie to us about this? What the university says is that um, they were trying to accommodate the parents. You know, these are this poor family um, is from Jacksonville. They're just mm-hmm. finding out. They're trying to get across the nation. They don't really know fully what happened. So on some level, I do under I understand that. But the university should have been just frank about that, that Yes, he is passed away, but um, as the medical examiner told us, he was left on a respirator uh, so to give time for the family to come to the university. There's nothing wrong with being frank and honest with the mm-hmm. public. The public can take that. I think this is a breakdown at the university where they don't have a history of speaking straight to their to the community sometimes and to to their to their own students. Mm-hmm. And we've spoken previously yeah, about how SDSU to kind of tries to worm its way out of problems, yeah. this or that. Yeah. Yeah. And we, in fact, I think the last time, Daniel, you and I talked about it was when we found out that the university had failed to do to disperse $20 million in available scholarship money. And when we went to the university about this, they were really squirmy. And frankly, it was only when uh, Adela De La, De La Torre, the president of the university, said, no, this is a problem. We're going to fix it. It did predate her. But that's what uh, the public needs. They need a leader standing up and saying, here's what happened. Can I take your questions? And people are deeply upset. A lot of, and we should talk about this. I'm getting a lot of phone calls, and so is Andrea, about the issue of the bed he was in. Mm-hmm. It was, was a bunk it bed, right? Bunk bed. Was it poorly designed? Was there something about the design that would have contributed to him falling out? In other words, was the railing not sufficient to keep a person in the bed? We don't know the answer. I haven't been in the dorm room and inspected inspected the bed. It's hard to tell, I think, from photographs. But that's kind of that's a really serious issue. And parents are saying that they brought this up long before Dylan Hernandez died. That it's mm-hmm. been an issue for a while. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking to one of the parents uh, before we started this podcast, and she feels like the university is not dealing straight with the parents on this. But the odd part is this. The parents feel afraid to speak publicly about it, and so do the kids that go there. Their That's kids strange. that go there. Um, the reality is that the kids are the consumers, and their parents are the consumers. They're paying for the university. So when they ask a question, they should get an answer. If they're worried about something being unsafe, there should be clear answers in a, in a timely way. Mm-hmm. So I would urge parents to feel free to speak up by name so we can – understand what exactly it is they're concerned about. Mm -hmm. And as we still learn more exactly what happened prior to the death, 
Is there a chance any person or entity would be culpable for this death or perhaps like face a lawsuit? Yeah, there is. Um, yesterday I talked to defense attorney David Shapiro here in the city who has some experience uh, dealing with the college realm. And he laid out um, a whole list of possible scenarios. One of the things he said was that anybody who had any contact or almost even looked in Dylan Hernandez's way his way in the, say, 24 hours before this happened, um, is likely to be questioned or sought mm-hmm. out by the police. Now, I know that that sounds very scary to a lot of people hearing this for the first time. What, but what he's really saying is that, you know, people are trying to get to the bottom of what happened. So when, when they take all of that information from all of these people and from all the cameras that picked him up at any place and, and images that might have appeared on cell phones and texts, then there's going to be a story, a narrative that will come together, and they will be able to tell who talked to who, when, when they took things, what they said, probably in some uh, ways. We were hearing that there was a photo taken during the evening that this happened at the fraternity. We have not confirmed that, but that's the kind of detail that is going to be confirmed. And so uh, Shapiro said it's quite possible that this will quickly jump from the University Police Department to seeking aid from San Diego Police mm-hmm. and possibly the district attorney. If there's any suspicion that people were covering up, for example, or knowingly contributed to a scene situation where someone was hurt, then it, then things begin to happen really fast. Mm-hmm. There have been other cases, particularly the um, Tim Piazza case at uh, Penn State University uh, in 2017, where there were people that were called into court. Um, some people w- were prosecuted as a result of this. I don't know what's going to happen here, mm-hmm. but the possibility exists. Yeah, and Andrea, what rumors or what um, speculation have you been hearing about the kind of you know, digital trail that you know, many people, especially Generation Z, creates? Is there any discussion of that on campus? I haven't heard that from students and um, certainly not from any of the fraternity members. I think if there was some kind of video, I'm certain there must be some kind of Snapchats that were taken or, you know, photos, uh, maybe in the moment goofing around before he was injured. But um, if if there is evidence of that, then no one's really talking about it or posting it. One one thing we have, we are aware of, it was reported to us and to, to other media outlets that Dylan had a girlfriend. And one of my colleagues here was looking at a Instagram post that involved a particular girl. Now, I don't know whether, in fact, she was his his girlfriend, but it had to do with this case. So I think police will go after things like that. I mean, it's just right to ask the question, was she associated with him in any way? It feels, Daniel, like this is, you know, you're right. Andrea is Generation Z. She doesn't breathe without taking images. That's, that's, that's the image, you know, that is what... Uh, what this is all about. And if you have a situation where people were drinking, I would think that it would be even more likely. And it's a signature night in, in a person's life in a fraternity, the big bro night. Um, now, it's also possible that a lot of those images were deleted. Mm-hmm. It's also possible that the police went in and said, you know, as they found out what was going on and told all the students and anybody involved, don't you dare um, delete anything. Um, I think that would be one of the first things that uh, authorities would would go and look at. So I think as we go down the line, we're going to see text messages, images, um, you know, uh, emails, and other types of communications. Mm-hmm. And this is a still developing story, but is there any uh, new information or any questions you're hoping to get answered in the short term, perhaps by the end of end of this week? Either of you? Well, at this. <laughs> 
<laughs> Everybody wants to know the so-called TikTok. What happened where? When did the evening start? Where did it start? Was there alcohol at the time? Did it move to a satellite? Did it move anywhere from there? Where did the alcohol, if it was present, where did it come from? Who mm -hmm. bought it? Who gave it out? Who authorized it? Under what circumstances? Were people aware, and we don't know that the answer is yes. I mean, if uh, Dylan Hernandez was fall down drunk, did anybody know? Did they assist him back to the dormitory? Did the video cameras in the dormitory pick this up? Mm -hmm. So what we have today is a bunch of questions about how it unfolded. That's what everybody is going for right now. Um, the And there's questions as to whether the two task force that uh, President De La Torre put together will also bring that up. A lot of people are asking the question, um, a lot of people. I, I talked to an attorney just before we went on air. She was concerned that is the task force going to be a whitewash, mm -hmm. an exercise in which the university could say, well, we got out in front and led this. Well, it was curious language that the university used. That They, they said they wanted to be a leader in this. People are going to say, why weren't you a leader two years ago? Mm -hmm. Certainly. This isn't the kind of thing that happens overnight. It's, right. it's a culture that's built up and then it ultimately results in someone getting hurt. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> It's just the personal thing to it. It's, it's the idea that any parent gets a phone call to say that a child is dead and it's not in a car accident. It's at some type of social party or something on a college campus. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what happened, but it sounds like there this might have been preventable. And so there's just that, that kind of horror. This story is resonating big time with families. So when we're pushing to, to get the information, um, that's why. Mm -hmm. right. yeah. I think I would like to get to know more about Dylan, yeah. just personally. Um, you know, we've tried to contact some of his friends, and they've asked us for some space in the meantime. But yeah. I think I would be really interested in learning more about Dylan's life and who he was. And if he was looking forward to being part of the fraternity or... You know, what were his hopes from that party or, you know, things yeah. like that. More personal details. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Gary Robbins, Andrew Lopez-Viafania. Thank you both so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. In other education news, Palomar College is in dire fiscal straits. The Palomar College Governing Board received a report saying the college is at high risk of insolvency and the Faculty Senate presented a no-confidence vote against College President Joy Lynn Blake. Of the 75% of faculty that voted, 92% disapproved of Blake. The college faces deep budget shortfalls that have led to cancellations of class sections with low enrollment and reconsideration of the college's ample employee health benefits. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. On weekday mornings, you can also hear a quick rundown of local weather and headlines, just tell your smart speaker to launch the San Diego Union-Tribune. You can also get the Flash Briefing as a podcast. For a full listing of our audio offerings, go to unionship.com slash podcasts. Until next time.